Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of season 2 of the Toward Light podcast. Last episode, I offered a practice to help us get still and clear in the midst of chaos of life. But we can't sit still forever. We are in the world, we're in our lives, and we need to engage. So today I want to talk specifically about engaging verbally, whether it's written or talking or mental speech, we engage with speech so much throughout our days. And the Buddha realized the importance of that. So one of the factors of the Noble Eightfold Path is wise speech. I talked about this some in Season 1, Episode 12, so if you want to listen to that, that will give more context. I feel it's really important to talk about because it's so prevalent in our lives. Here is a quote from Bhikkhu Bodhi's book, The Buddha's Teachings on Social and Communal Harmony. One of the distinctive traits of human beings, which differentiates them from animals, is their capacity for speech. Words can create enmity or friendship, can win or harden hearts, can deceive others or open them to new pathways of understanding. Social transformations in the course of history have been facilitated by speech, whether spoken or written. Just think of the impact of the Declaration of Independence, the Communist Manifesto, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, and Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. By means of speech, new ideas are disseminated, new insights shared, and new horizons open to human investigation. Speech has ignited wars and fostered peace. All the hopes and yearnings of the human heart in every sphere of our collective existence have found expression through the medium of speech. I share that whole paragraph because I think he brings up some really good points. And this idea of speech, either cultivating war or peace, I think is so essential for us to remember in our lives. We always have a choice when we're communicating with others. Are we starting something or are we being peaceful with our words? So the parameters that show up in wise speech, they're useful in all our interactions, especially when we're having a disagreement. I found this coming up for me the other day when I wanted to express something on social media. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a one-on-one interaction, but I wanted to share my opinion. And I watched myself sort of talk myself in and out of posting this and, and figuring out a way to post it that was true to me, but also respectful of whoever was going to read it. And that's a lot to ask. And so this is something that when we're posting anything, when we're putting things out there, we get to choose how much time and energy do we spend into making sure this is wise speech or are we just blurting stuff out? As I go over the aspects of wise speech, what it is not and what it is, see if you can apply this to different aspects of speech in your life, interpersonally, online, in your head. What are ways that you communicate and how could this apply? So we're asked to refrain from false speech. So that is very obvious lies, but that's also exaggerations, omissions, 
when are we being false with our speech? Sometimes it's that it's not true to us. We're saying, sure, I don't mind when actually we do mind. Getting curious about what does the truth mean for us in this moment when we're speaking? What does the truth mean for those around us in this moment when we're speaking? We're also asked to refrain from harsh speech. This is open to interpretation. What one person might view as harsh, another person doesn't. A certain tone of voice might be triggering for me, but it's not triggering for somebody else. A certain word might be difficult for you, no problem for me. So we get curious about what does harsh speech look like and and when does our speech have an edge and why does it have that and does it only have it with certain people or at certain times of the day. We get to know what does harsh speech feel like when we receive it and what does it feel like when we give it and how we can refrain from that as much as possible. We're also asked to refrain from divisive speech And that includes gossip, othering, judging, separating, any speech where we're creating some kind of disruption or problem. And the final type of speech we're asked to refrain from is idle chatter. So this can be small talk, this can be mindless scrolling on the internet, this can be engaging in conversations that just don't really go anywhere, That's idle chatter. What we're asked to cultivate is speech that is honest, kind, timely, and useful. So honest, is it true to us? Is it true to the other person? Is it true to the community? If it's only honest to us, if it's not a capital T truth, can we say, oh, well, this is my opinion, or this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I'm feeling? And can we be honest about that? even if it doesn't match capital T truth or the other person's truth. Kindness. So kindness isn't like a sugary sweet kindness. Sometimes kindness can be very direct, but it's coming from a place of goodwill. The heart is speaking from a place of wanting the best for ourselves, for the other, for the world. Timely. Is this the right time to be having this conversation? Can this person hear this right now? Does it feel like this is the right time for us to be able to say what we need to say? And then useful. Does this move the conversation or our lives forward? Again, if it's just idle chatter, if it's just a lot of words, it might be better to be silent. Here are a few scenarios where speech is prevalent and we can kind of figure out how each of us would cultivate wise speech in this moment. So one of these is when someone on Facebook or Instagram says, I'm not going to get vaccinated and you don't agree with that. When is it useful to say something? When is that going to lead to more peace and harmony and less animosity? A lot of the research is showing that people are only really affected by those in their inner circle, that that's who's helping to change minds. If someone's deciding not to get the vaccine, changes their mind to get it. It's usually because a close friend or family member has also gotten it. And so if someone that we don't know very well posts something on the internet we don't agree with, the likelihood of our opinion 
or our understanding, changing their mind is pretty low. And so that might not be wise speech to respond to them. If it is somebody close to us, how are we going to know timely if we just write something on the internet? We don't know when they're going to read that, what their level of receptivity is going to be. That might be a better option to call or see the person face to face to have that conversation, right? So when we're looking at all these aspects, we need to take into account that when we're writing things on the internet, whether it's an email or a comment or whatever, we don't have any control over when this person is going to read this. Another example is advice giving or talking to someone who's having a hard time and trying to empathize without necessarily having the same scenario or the same circumstances. So I don't have children. So when my friends with kids are talking to me, it's not wise speech when I start to say, well, you should do, or I recommend, blah, blah, blah. Because I don't know. I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like to live in that situation. And the other day, I was in a conversation with a friend, and I started to offer too much, and I noticed them sort of shut down. And I know that's because I was really overstepping. I was not practicing wise speech. I might have been saying what was true for me, but I don't even know what's true for me because I don't have kids. And then another example would be the sort of chiming in. You know, when we're in scenarios, maybe we're at work or we're with a group of friends and we sort of like slide into the conversation. It's really important that we make sure we have all the information before we start talking. Maybe we're missing a key part of the story, so we don't actually have all the information to be useful. In all of these scenarios, one thing I'm pointing to is the importance of silence, the importance of listening, the importance of not speaking. Again, that's part of this refraining from idle chatter. When we don't know what to say, like we don't fill the space, we can just be quiet. Silence is okay. One of the reasons that monastics do spend periods of silence or one of the reasons there are silent retreats is because that's so much input we're getting from words externally, let alone internally. I'm not even talking about all the mental chatter that happens all the time. So it's it's okay to take a break. It's okay to step back. It's okay to not say anything. If we're in conversation with someone and we know we need some time to process, it's important to say, hey, I'm going to check back in with you in a little bit or in 10 minutes or in an hour or whatever. I need to have some time to gather my thoughts. That's fine to ask for. I just want to close by sharing this other thing that Bhikkhu Bodhi points to, which is the importance of speech in that this is how we get the Dharma. Like, of course, We experience these teachings by practicing, but these teachings are passed orally. They're passed with words. And so you listening to this right now, this is beneficial speech, me me sharing the Dharma. This is beneficial speech. And so sometimes speech can feel like this big, unwieldy, difficult thing to deal with. 
and we can remember it can also be a gift. It can be a blessing. And so may all of our words be a blessing. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.